You are listening to the Crone and the Alchemist podcast, a journey into the minds of two vastly different witches. With your hosts, C, the Crone, and Luna, the Alchemist, join us as we explore witchcraft and the occult in today's modern world. Disclaimer, there are many ways to cast spells and craft magic. We are not experts on the subject, and even if we were, there are no absolutes. What we are discussing today is what we incorporate into our own practices. It may vibe with you, and it may not. Take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Just remember, everyone practices differently, and that's totally okay. Hey, Luna, how are you? I'm good, C. How are you? Oh, I'm not too shabby. No complaints today, I guess. <laughs> so, do you want to get right into it? Yes, let's get um, into it. What are we talking about today? We're talking about something I don't do enough of, and that is spellcrafting. <laughs> you know, I, I don't cast a lot of spells myself um, either, Typically, I will if I fe- really feel a need to. I, I'm not a daily spellcaster or crafter. No, I'm not either. Yeah. I think the last spell I did was a, uh, we'll talk more about this later, but typically with my spells, I have a candle to go along with it. Um, so I think the last spell I did was a Boundless Abundance one, and I had a candle and I put all the proper, well, not proper correspondences, but ones that I thought were went with the spell into the candle and then I write, I usually write something up and then uh, place it under the candle and then um, safely, obviously, like I have like a soapstone and then I place the spell under the candle and then I burn the candle. Yeah. I remember you getting all the supplies together for that one. Yeah. And usually I just use stuff around the house. So like um, I have a lot of crystals, uh, stones, and um, I usually just like, if they're too big, I usually go find like chips, just like small ones that like Mm -hmm. are, local store and just pop them in there but I use big ones all the time so yeah so let's talk about how we craft a spell do you want to uh tell everyone how you do that sure or how like how you do it personally because as the disclaimer at the front of the episode said this is just how we incorporate spells into our practice and like again like you don't have to follow this to a T but if you hear something you like you can definitely go ahead and use it. Yes. There are so many different ways to go about um, incorporating magic and using spells. And I find that everybody seems to have their own little different way of doing it. So the magic that I typically incorporate into my practice um, would be deemed sympathetic magic. Okay. So that is defined as magical spells or ritual using objects or actions resembling or symbolically associated with the event, situation, or person which influences sought. Like you hear us talking a lot about correspondences and and things like that. And that's basically what sympathetic magic is. You're using herbs, you're using candles, colors, you know, oils, and that kind of thing, all of these ingredients kind of intermix into, uh, you know, infuse with your intention to gain a, a desired outcome. Mm-hmm. So that's basically how I go about it. 
I think intention intention is pretty much the foundation of that, right? So um, yes, um, yeah. When it comes to casting spells, if your intent isn't there, um, mm-hmm. the spell's probably not gonna not gonna come to fruition. And the thing is that, like, you can't just like do it and then not do anything to get what you wanted it to do. Does that make sense? Yes. So mundane actions go hand in hand. If mm-hmm. you cast a spell to get a job, um, and then you, you don't go. do anything, right, you just right. sit in your house all day and wait for the phone to ring, you're probably not going to get a job. You have to combine your intent with action mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, get out there and hand out resumes and, you know, look at job ads and stuff like that. Otherwise it's, it's not going to, going to come to be. And I think a lot of people who don't practice when you mention spells, they're just like, oh, so like you wave a wand and it automatically happens. It's like, no. So like, all, so a lot of my spells focus on like creativity. So just something to like unblock, like unblock my creative path. So like in order for that to happen, I have to do something creative. I have to sit down and write, or I have to, like, I have to do something in order to get those creative juices flowing again. Or if you do like a spell for like um, self-confidence or self-love, starting to practice positive self-talk and start um, instead of practicing negative self-talk, right? Stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. So I basically, I did, I like, I'm not going to say it as nearly as eloquently as you said it, but I basically narrowed down what the spell needs to accomplish. So as I said, most of my magic, most of my spells focus on just creativity and just that kind of stuff. So uh, I use correspondences in, in uh, most of my spells involve candles and me writing my own spells, which I very quickly became very comfortable writing my own spells. But I think that's just because I have a background in writing, like I've been writing forever. So uh, I did, when I first started, I bought a, like a book of like 1001 spells and I literally gave it away. I didn't even, <laughs> like I didn't even open it because I think I opened it and was like, oh, well, this is not what I wanted. And I just thought, well, if you don't see what you don't want, do it yourself. Make or if it. you don't see what you want, make it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I just started writing my own. So um, um, yeah, so I usually just uh, focus on like herbs, colors, and crystals uh, and candles. So like putting the crystals into the candles and putting the corresponding herbs on top. Um, I've used cinnamon before. I've used patchouli. I've used a whole host of things. Um, And then I typically carve sigils into my candles as well. And I don't, I've never used somebody else's sigils. I always use my own. And then I usually write out a spell and I either say it out loud or I don't. And depending on what I'm doing, like, as I said, for my boundless abundance one, I stuck it under the soapstone and that's so like I burn it's sitting underneath the boundless abundance candle. So um, when it's, when the candle burns out, I'll probably burn the spell. I don't have anywhere around to bury it. So, and like burning, burning things and spells means different things to different people. Like some people, mm-hmm. like I see it more as it like casting it out into the universe, like just like letting it go kind Dispersing of. So when the candle is done. the energy. Yeah. Yeah. So when the candle is done, I'll, I will probably I'll probably write the spell out again so I have it for later, but I will burn the original and just kind of like disperse it out kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. That, so. that, that's something I like to um, incorporate into my own spells is writing something down on a piece of paper 
And, you know, sometimes I will say it out loud or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I burn it in my cauldron and I like to dispose of the ashes into the wind and let Mm -hmm. kind of let the element of air carry it of carry it off to the universe yeah I've only done that a few times but now that I uh now that I live on my own and I have like a little balcony I could probably like just (laughs) throw it out (laughs) to the wind it would have looked really weird to my neighbors if I had walked out and thrown ashes into the air also (laughs) my mom my mom listens to this podcast and she is gonna listen to this one be like what the fuck is my daughter doing in her spare time (laughs) she is she is definitely gonna text me and she's like you better not be casting spells on people. It's like, I can do whatever I want, mom. And she is going to get so mad that I'm talking about her on this podcast. But that is just fine. <laughs> okay. So how long does it take you to craft a spell? It depends for me on the spell. Mm-hmm. A spell can be as simple as a, a sentence, a phrase. Um, Absolutely. You yeah. know, just having a little thing that you write down on a piece of paper and then put your intent into it and burn it. Or it can be a very elaborate thing that, you know, you use a whole moon phase, like a whole um, lunar phase to, to complete from starting on like the new moon and, you know, ending on the, the following new moon. So it, it really depends, I think on the spell most of the time with my short attention span, um, I try and keep my my spells quick and and fairly simple. Yeah, I think some of my most successful spells were just really, really simple and, you know, just um, involving like a candle and some paper and a pen. So I have in big letters here under how long does it take to craft? I have, this depends on a lot of things. <laughs> it <laughs> it really does. Um, and yeah. I, like, uh, you know, your, your intention is a, it plays a big part in that. I think if you, if it's something that's you find really important to you, you know, you might want to take a little bit longer to, craft and and perform a specific spell than just sitting down for five minutes or or you know half an hour and doing it yeah it's like I have a point that says how long does it acquire to um, how long does it take to acquire ingredients like there's a store near me unfortunately they're moving but they have like what I like to call a herb candy bar so like you go into the store and you can like put herbs into like little baggies and just buy them Um, there's also like a dollar store near me that has like one dollar candles right so mm-hmm. um it usually doesn't take me very long to acquire ingredients um how long now drawing sigils that has a lot to do with how long it takes me because as I said I typically use sigils in all my in all my spell crafting so sometimes I can literally take like a day which is very rare or it could take two months because mm-hmm. I always like I come back to it uh every few days and like rework it until I'm happy with how it looks how long it takes to write a spell that also it um, also depends on that usually I can do that pretty quickly and my last point is I have spent a month preparing a spell so that's typically the sigil because I find that sigils because I haven't been drawing them very long and I just think they take a a lot of reworking as well Mm -hmm. sigil work like I don't have a lot of experience with it personally yet Mm -hmm. Um, it's something that I'm trying to 
get better at doing. My friend Amanda from Heathen Moon is a sigil. I call her the sigil queen. Um, <laughs> she can sit down and she, you know they just flow out. But yeah. um, I I do like incorporating them into like candle magic, carving carving something onto onto a candle uh, with your intention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my main form of magic. To be honest, is candle magic. I just like working with um, the. I just like how you can put everything into a candle, and it's fine. <laughs> like I can mm-hmm. put lavender and patchouli, and I sprinkled cinnamon on one once and just put all the crystals in there and then as the wax melts down the crystals get embedded I just I just find them very um uh, they pack a big punch for um something that's quite uh can be quite small yeah Mm -hmm. I agree yeah now I know like I know you typically use um like the larger pillar uh style candles or oh yes I prefer to use thicker ones yeah so I prefer to use pillar candles um, if I'm just doing something like, if I'm just doing a spell that's really quick and small, I use like, I use the, the, the small candles and use them in the color that corresponds with what I want to do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like if I wanted to do, I don't know, the first thing I think of is like a money spell or something. Um, and I did one or like someone did one and wanted to do it quickly, um, not quickly, but like maybe I didn't have like pillar candles of, like available that I had because I don't have extra ones just sitting around. Right. Mm-hmm. I only go out and buy them when I need them. Um, but I wanted to do a monthly spell. I would just grab like a small green candle and, you know, go to work kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I like using those small um, chime candles a lot because you can get them in all mm-hmm. the different colors and incorporate that. Um, I find that also just a little side note that this is like, a lot of non-practitioners, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I'm just going to touch on it again, find spellcrafting very weird and say, and just, they just find it very strange. But like, for me, spells are a way to focus your intention and maybe like bring energy to what you want and like, kind of like concentrate that energy in a, like in a particular, in a particular place. Right. Because after you do the spell, your, your energy and your intention are focused on that one thing that you want to achieve and then you go out into the world and your energy is focused on that and then you and you're, get to you're drawing you that energy towards you yeah and it's just I just it's just a different way of I don't know getting shit done I find it funny um because I think a lot of it comes from people confusing Hollywood magic yes with you know how we practice in in real life Mm -hmm. um so you know when someone who someone hears casting spells or uh, witchcraft they they automatically think of things like harry potter and you know um just the the way that hollywood portrays Mm -hmm. all of it so it's funny because a lot of the time these people who are just like, oh, you know, magic is silly. It's not real. You know, haha, Harry Potter. I like Harry Potter too. Um, mm-hmm. so, like oftentimes they will do their own things that could be considered, you know, magic related or oh, witchcraft absolutely. related. 100%. Like I have people who I would never tell that I do this kind of stuff to, but like they're going to listen to podcasts maybe if I tell them about it. But like, and like they're talking about it like 
they're they're talking about something they did and like in my head I'm like you just you just performed a spell (laughs) so like so like a lot of people are they're doing it they're just not they just don't know they're doing it in my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah but Mm -hmm. it's just I just that's how I explain it to like skeptics I said it's basically just focusing your intention on something and I don't expect it to happen right away uh you go out you do the work and then uh you work with your high energy that you created when you cast a spell okay so how did we learn about spellcrafting um I learned uh from researching everything I could from reading books and Mm -hmm. blogs watching other people um, learning about correspondences and magical timing and also a lot of hands-on practice uh, trial and error it helps to kind of keep a record of what worked and what didn't yes now I'm not as bad with this as I am with tarot (laughs) (laughs) I keep track of all the spells I do and I and I put down the outcome Mm -hmm. typically so I can see if they worked or if they didn't so which is which is very important because you need to see if it is successful or not and then if it's not you have to evaluate why it wasn't right yeah yeah I've seen a lot of you know people come up with um it's like a worksheet almost you know you you write down your what your intention is you know why you want to craft this you want to cast this spell what ingredients you've used what you did when what date you did it and what time and you know how you felt and it really helps keeping a, a record of all of that to mm-hmm. come back later and go oh, okay well this didn't really work so maybe if I tweaked this uh, that would be better or you know you come back and go oh wow like that was really powerful and it worked quickly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just kind of jumped into it, to be honest. Um, I did more, I think I did more research on tarot before I started reading tarot than I did on spellcrafting before I started doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. I have no idea why that is. Like, I obviously read beginner books, but a lot of it didn't really resonate with me for some reason. So I just kind of, like, I just kind of set the foundation with those books. And then after it was just like, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to write my own spells now. Because, like, again, as I said, like, I've been writing really bad poetry since I was 12. <laughs> so, like, it, like it's kind of, like, it's not the same thing, but I felt that I could just kind of jump right into it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't spend nearly as much time researching this as I did researching tarot before I started. But with this, it was just more like, a, okay, I have some basic knowledge. I'm just going to go for it, which yeah. isn't always recommended. It doesn't always work for somebody. So, um, just be careful. <laughs> I, I, I think... As long, like, um, you know, you, you get a little bit of a foundation going and it's just go in hands-on and kind of figure things out and how it's going to work for yourself. Now, mm-hmm. um, obviously be careful, learn some things about protecting yourself and, you know, what your ethics might be, but I don't really feel that there is right or wrong when it comes to what's going to work for you. Yeah. There's a few, like definitely talk to yourself about what your ethics look like in terms of casting spells um there's a whole bunch of people i don't want to get myself into like the dirt of the witchcraft community but i'm going to go there just give me one second um 
<laughs> there's a lot of people who don't uh, like I don't like the I don't like the designation of light and dark workers I, or like white and black magic I think that has a lot of roots in like uh, has a lot of roots in racism I just mm -hmm. I, I don't like it um and like I don't like people who bash other people for hexing and cursing and I don't like people like it's just do whatever you want just get your ethics yeah. in order make yeah. it make it work for you and instead like we're already looked at strangely from non-practitioners so I think that we should just all just you do you and just make sure your ethics are good and all that fun stuff and um, I agree. yeah yeah I think, um I, I see I see a lot of it when people talk about you know the threefold law um mm -hmm. and a, a lot of people forget sometimes that not everybody subscribes to that I do not I'm I not don't Wiccan right I, no. I don't subscribe no. to the threefold law either it is typically something that um is more of a, a Wiccan belief um mm -hmm. I see things as more of a balance of mm -hmm. yes of um you know both good and bad so to speak I guess and like you can't have the good without the bad, right? Like you can't just expect, like, yeah, you can't work with one and not expect to work with the other. I don't know, but that's just my mm -hmm, opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It's just not, I don't subscribe uh, to it. Okay. So let's talk about first experiences. Um, mine was, <laughs> I don't even remember what mine was. And it wasn't even like, I would say it was like, it really in this grand scheme of time, it wasn't that long ago. It was only like four or five years ago. Um, it was a, it was a, it had to do with fire and I lit a piece of paper on fire in my cauldron and it went <laughs> it went and I I don't even want to tell you where I did it anyway um it might have been a creativity spell I can't remember at first I thought it was gonna burn everything down around me and I freaked out <laughs> but then as I calmed down I was like oh it, it was very um it was very invigorating it was um it was a good first experience minus my initial reaction of oh shit I'm gonna catch the carpet on fire or something but that did not happen also make sure you're using a cauldron that's fire safe mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't, um you know go to one of your local stores and get one of those cast iron ones you made a cast iron right yes yeah yes get like cast yeah iron. get one um yeah I have a small one but I want a bigger one but I don't have them the funds right now to get <laughs> one so but anyways tell us um, about your first experience please oh my goodness okay <laughs> It's so embarrassing. Okay, so um, we aren't here to judge. So you, you, this is and a I don't, sharing space. I don't tell, I don't talk about this a lot. So my first experience, not only is it slightly embarrassing, but it also backfired pretty hard. Uh -oh. um, it was definitely a lesson in, you know, sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. Um, but I was, I was around 17. I had just recently broken up from I guess my high school boyfriend and he was dating someone new and I was dating someone else but I was also mega jealous and my you know 17 year old heartbreak but mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. I found in a book it was uh I forgot I'll have to look up what the book's called I forget but it had like it was love spells and and you know hex your ex and like all kinds of <laughs> types of spells yeah so I decided that I would do a hexing spell um to make my ex and his new girlfriend have a shitty sex life oh lord so 
Um, I went and I gathered all the ingredients. So I ended up casting the spell and I followed all the, the directions and, you know, did all of, all of the things. And it, it ended up backfiring on me pretty hard because I ended up being the one having the issues, um, with the new person that I was dating. So it was a valuable lesson I feel in um a messing with people's free will yeah don't do that (laughs) and b you know casting spells kind of not necessarily from a place of anger but like my intent was misguided I think for me um now I would instead of trying to cast a spell to get an ex back I would you know, maybe focus on healing myself or sending myself some love or, mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's my f- first experience oh, Lord. Uh, with spell work. Well, yeah, never mess with anybody's free will. And like, that's where, that's where love spells are very, it's a very gray area. So personally, I don't, DM me about this anyone. <laughs> Personally, I don't, if you're going to do a love spell, I would say focus it on yourself. I say that with an inflection because mm-hmm. that's how I, that's my line of ethics. So like if I, if I was going to, um, if I wanted to find somebody, I would focus it on maybe, I don't know, uh, loving like self-love first because yeah if you can't love yourself first who the heck however that RuPaul quote goes I haven't watched drag weights in a while you you all know the quote if you can't love yourself how the hell are you gonna love anybody else there we go that's it I love RuPaul oh he's awesome but yeah or even just being very general about it and rather than doing something for a specific person um, mm-hmm. just a spell on, I would like to find my, I, I would like my ideal mate to come yes. into my life. Yes. That's um, also another good way to do it. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, I think that, um, it's my own personal ethics is I, I try not to mess with other people's free will very much. I yes. know some people don't subscribe to that. And I mean, that's, that's fine. Again, that's fine. You, yeah. You, you, but from what I've personally seen from myself uh, it's typically better to uh, not mess around with mm-hmm. someone else's free will uh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd I think I'd rather work on more um, myself and what I mm-hmm. can control mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, focusing on what you can control instead of things that are maybe more out of your control right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so let's talk about something I never do and I may get some people yelling at me while they're listening to this, but I rarely cast a circle. And when I first started practicing, it's all I focused on. And I just could not, I couldn't do it. I couldn't envision it. I couldn't, I'm just very, I'm a very hectic, I'm a very hectic witch. I just don't do it. (laughs) I'm just all over the place. And like, if I'm going to do it, I just um, like envision, I guess like, breathing in and out and like as I'm breathing this like this this like envelope kind of just going over the space that I'm casting the spell 
so that's the extent of it like i know like a lot of people call like uh, cast very elaborate circles which i find very fascinating i have actually a a whole book on it called circle casting or casting circles or something and Mm -hmm. it gets into like the science of it i've never read it but like i flipped through it and it gets and and it gets into like the science of it and like there's diagrams and it's a pretty hardcore book but for me personally it was a big hurdle when i first started and i thought you know what i'm just going to do this simply because obviously that's what is going to work best for me and that's it that's what i do so usually if I'm reading tarot, I don't cast circle. At first, that was like, there's always these misconceptions, especially if you're like me and you watch those really cheesy ghost shows on like the like uh, History Channel. And it's always the ghost that comes in because you're using tarot cards. And I think I actually talked to you about this when I first started reading. I was like, oh my gosh, does reading tarot bring ghosts into your house? And I think you were like, ah, no. <laughs> it's just, and like, I was just so concerned about having something malicious happen but like now I don't even cast a circle but some people do but I just don't but with spells I typically cast a very simple one so I most of the time I don't either unless I feel intuitively called to do so sometimes Mm -hmm. if I'm getting ready to do a like a ritual or a spell I might feel like oh I should do that extra put in that extra step but honestly it, that rarely happens um, yeah I'm, I'm I, the exact I don't way. do it a lot either um if I'm working if I'm doing some spell work I usually prefer to call in the elements or the quarters okay like spirit guides or maybe plant spirits if mm-hmm. applicable mm-hmm. um it depends on what I'm doing okay. mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, I don't, and like another thing um, I might do is I might envision a white bubble. That's kind of what I do too, yeah. my space. But yeah, I don't go to great fancy lengths. Mm-hmm. No, I don't either. I, that's about the extent, yeah, that's about the extent of my circle casting too. It, it's something I'm noticing a lot of people are not necessarily like doing less of, but becoming more relaxed about. Yeah. Now, we aren't big on circle casting, but what about cleansing um, just in general or before a spell? Tip, like typically for myself, I will all, like I always do in some sort of way I will you know physically clean um Mm -hmm. you know I might sweep the floor or dust like dust or clean like clean and rearrange my altar or something but for myself um sometimes like I often like to incorporate like a ritual bath okay before I do anything Mm -hmm. so I might like I might make some Epsom salt and some oils or herbs or whatever that you know could correspond with what I'm doing and kind of make a bath salt mixture and just soak in the tub for like 20 minutes before getting started and if I'm too lazy (laughs) to do that (laughs) um, because it happens Mm -hmm. I at the very least will uh, wash my wash my hands physically right yeah Um, I I I tend to look at it this way if I was gonna start cooking dinner I would wash my hands first you know Mm -hmm. uh, your hands germy dirty whatever you wash them 
to make them clean before you start preparing food, right? Yes. So to me, it's like cooking, but I'm cooking up magic. Mm -hmm. So I want to like kind of metaphorically cleanse myself of any energetic dirt I might have going on. So I'll have a bath or at the very least, I'll just, I'll wash my hands and I have certain like salt and sugar scrubs that I will use just for Mm -hmm. that purpose. Oh, okay. And you make them yourself? Actually, the ones I'm using right now, my son's aunt made for me and there's one she made and I absolutely love it. It's like pink and it's a sugar scrub and she's put a little bit of glitter in there Oh, nice! um, and rose petals. So it smells absolutely amazing. So I'll just... I'll scrub my hands and just kind of envision, uh, you know, like any energetic kind of dirt, I guess, being scrubbed away. And, and then my hands are all nice and soft and slightly sparkly and I feel all magic. (laughs) So it's all, (laughs) it works for me. That's good. Um, What about you? Well, this is going to be blasphemous, but I, Number one, I don't even have a drain for my tub and like, so I can't have a bath. And that being said, I don't like baths that much. Mm-hmm. I never have. I've had bad experiences in baths, such as dropping a book in and like it becoming all wet <laughs> oh, <laughs> or, no. like, or like filling the bathtub up too much and then getting in and then like my body displaced in the water and like the water over sloshing the tub. Basically, I always somehow turn a bath into like this big event just like everything else in my life I turn it into a big event somehow (laughs) and like so I don't I don't typically take baths I actually I've done spells before right coming home right after like the gym and being all sweaty and dirty and gross Mm -hmm. so that's just like I'm sure people will think that's blasphemy but I do it anyway I typically use sound to cleanse a space Mm -hmm. so whether that be a bell or like some this can sound so weird, but sometimes just like humming something intuitively, and like I don't even mean like a song. I mean just like like a like a melody I just make up myself mm-hmm. um, to kind of like clear the space of anything. And like I do that every like I hum all the time. Like everywhere I go, it's just it's always been something I do. So and it's just it's always something I make up myself. Whatever I feel uh, the energy needs, but typically before I do anything, including tarot, actually, I usually ring my little bell there. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, sometimes I cleanse my tarot decks with fire. And by that, I mean, I like hold them over a flame. Once I held one too close to a flame and it got, I, I burned it, but not like I didn't burn a hole in it. I just got like a scorch mark on it. So uh, oh, no, that was bad. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, the, that's it. I don't really, I just typically do a you sound because I think it's Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sound is a it, it's it's an excellent way to cleanse a space or yourself mm-hmm. or an object, and it's great for when you know maybe you live in a place where you can't light candles or incense yes. or mm-hmm. whatever, and it's not invasive. It's mm-hmm. you can ring a bell and it, you don't have someone popping into your room and be like, "What's that weird smell?" exactly they might think it's your phone going off or like yeah anything else right it's 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 much easier to if you if you if no one so if you live in a space where there's people around you who don't know you practice 
um, I think it's it's a much more easily explained away than burning a candle if you are not allowed, right? Mm-hmm. So I just think, yeah, it's, that's a good option for someone who may not have the space to practice openly. Yeah. Um, the last topic I have listed here is grounding. Like I'm, and I'm, but I'm very hesitant to talk about it because, like, I, I'm very bad at explaining it, and like, I don't know if you're <laughs> any better at explaining it. But like, so, uh, I mean, I could try because, like, grounding and centering, like, this is like I don't even know. Are they're both? This sounds so amateurish of me, but like, because like, I kind of just roll everything into one. I don't really, I don't separate them very mm-hmm. often. So do you view grounding and centering as different things? From what I understand, they're slightly different. Okay. It's one of those things that people typically do together mm-hmm. that it, you know, feels like one in the same almost. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. For, like for me, grounding was something that I didn't think about for a long time. Um, Same. And, you know, like I would do like some ritual work or some spell work or something. And afterwards I'm just like buzzing because I, you know, I've, the energy is, is so charged. Yeah. And and I would just be like, okay, go about my day now. And, you know, I've, wondering why do I feel so disconnected or like my head's up in the clouds or you know having trouble sleeping or something and then I realized like oh yeah probably because (laughs) you need to ground yourself every so often yeah Um, it's kind of it's kind of like d it's kind of like debriefing but for like uh, the magical practitioner so like if you mm -hmm. if you're in a situation that's very emotionally exhausting at work and you have to debrief with colleagues or like a manager or something that gets you back in a headspace where you can go about performing your daily tasks and I think it's kind of the same thing with grounding centering like it's just Mm -hmm. de like debriefing yourself um and and to get you back in the right headspace to um you know go about your daily to-dos yeah yeah, I don't have much to say about it. I uh, usually just take a few deep breaths and away I go. <laughs> As I said, I am a, I am a hectic practitioner of spells. <laughs> I just kind of do it. For me, I have started doing like I and I've only recently started doing this. Like to be honest, if I can, if it's not in the middle of February with snow and ice on the ground, <laughs> I will step outside in my backyard uh, with bare feet and just stand in the grass that's nice take a minute to make sure that there's no bugs (laughs) yeah uh, I'm I'm always terrified oh my god something's gonna bite me and I will just envision roots coming out of the bottom of my feet and going deep 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 into the ground and kind of you know wrapping around the center of the earth's core and that's something that I've been playing around with a lot um, a lot of people uh, use this method and I really like it it's fairly easy um, to do it feels good having my feet like physically on the earth but I mean like right now it's there's there's snow and ice on the ground and yeah. I, I would probably get frostbite if I tried to do something like that. Yeah, your toes so, would get cold. 
I like I'll do I can I can do it in the house and just it's same kind of thing like envision roots coming from my feet and going down through the floor and then into the earth but I feel physically it doesn't it doesn't feel the same yeah um as standing on actual ground another another thing I like to do especially after um, doing like a ritual or something is having something to eat and drink um mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. having like a little snack I, f- I find that the the physical act of just like eating a little something and you know having like a, a glass of water or a tea really helps to kind of ground me back down and this works really well if you're doing like a ritual where there you might have like an offering of food mm-hmm. so if i'm working with the deity that i work with or having an uh, an offering to like uh, elemental spirits or or something i will have some food for them and mm-hmm. a bit for myself mm-hmm. and um there will be a part at the end of the ritual where uh, i'm basically like here you go here's for you and here's a little bit for myself and then that helps to kind of bring me back down to earth so to speak it kind of reminds me of uh eating chocolate after um experiencing a dementor in harry potter hmm. yeah um because like that's what you do is like you they like suck the happiness out of you so like after you experience like after you come in contact with one you're supposed to eat chocolate like I'm not saying obviously it's the same thing (laughs) but yes I do I do agree that eating something after is a good idea so um yeah I think that is all we had lined up to talk about today I think so too unless you have anything else to add so basically uh you know you can go and there are many books on the market that are filled with spells. And, oh, so many, so many. You know, there you can pick up a book and there are spells for just about anything you could want. And if that's the way you want to go, that's fine. Go for it. Mm-hmm. But try crafting your own spell just once, just one yeah. time. Yep. And and see see how you how you like it because I I just feel that when you take something and you personalize it specifically to you, it is ten times more powerful than any spell that you could pick out of a book. And just have confidence in yourself and you know go forth and craft spells and magic and just step into your own sovereignty and be the best you that you could want to be oh definitely and I think that like your spell doesn't have to be like a Leonard Cohen poem like it doesn't have to be like (laughs) masterful and like gonna win like a Pulitzer Prize or anything or any kind of poetry prize as long as the words mean something to you um I think that's what counts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah okay everyone thank you for listening to our spellcrafting podcast Thank you. And thank you, C, for joining me today. Thank you, Luna. We will see you again soon. We will be back with another episode very soon. Thank you, everybody.
Thanks for going on a journey with us today. You can find us on Instagram at TCATA Podcast. You can find C on Instagram at theparchment underscore crone and on Facebook at the parchment crone. Luna can be found at the.astral.alchemist on Instagram and Astral Alchemy on Facebook. Thanks for listening. <laughs>